0: Working drummer. Now kick it. This is the Working Drummer podcast, serving up perspectives, experiences, and stories from ground-level working pros. Advice, tips, and secrets on how to build a career in the music business. Hey everyone, this is Matthew Krause, and you are listening to the podcast Working Drummer. Today, my guest is drummer Petar Janic. Petar was born in Kraljevo, Serbia also known as the Kingstown in Serbia. At age five, his father, a well known Serbian drummer, gave him a drum set. And at the age of 10, Petar began studying with legendary Serbian drummer Slobodan Stjanovic. In high school, Petar toured all over Europe before his eventual move to the United States. In 2008, he studied music performance and percussion at the McNally Smith College of Music and eventually became one of its percussion teachers. During his time in the Minneapolis St. Paul area in Minnesota, Petar's passion for learning and persistence won the trust of Prince drummer Michael Bland and the music community that surrounded him. Patar eventually became Michael's first call sub. Currently, Patar continues to tour and record with Corey Wong and has just moved to Nashville in pursuit of more music and recording opportunities. So for this week, well, unfortunately, we're not able to connect with Arjuna Contreras about his uh, journey touring and making his move from Texas to Nashville. But stay tuned for next week. We'll get an update as quick as possible. Hey, I know everyone is looking at April 15th and thinking about what they need to do to get ready for tax season, but add this to your to-do list. It's a bit more exciting than taxes, I assure you. Shure Microphones is throwing some support behind this podcast this month of March in exchange for us to share some information with you about a drum contest I think you should consider. It's called Drum Mastery 2019, The Shure Drum Contest. The grand prize is a five-day, four-night trip to London with two days at the world-famous Metropolis Studios, a one-on-one drumming workshop with Ash Sohn, a drum-miking workshop with a pro engineer, and $5,000 in sure gear. All you have to do is submit a video under five minutes of you playing a drum solo. Again, that's a drum solo, no musical accompaniment. Second and third prize winners will receive sure Gear worth $3,000 and $1,000 respectively. Lastly, this contest is worldwide. There will be 45 finalists chosen from 44 different countries. And if you're one of these 45, you will receive a sure MV88 Plus video kit. If you don't know what this is, it's worth a Google. I personally think this prize alone is well worth submitting a video. You can apply online at drum-mastery.shore.com. That's drum masteryshurecom sure, S-H-U-R-E.com. We'll have links in our show notes and on the website. Get on it, friends, and win some cool stuff. If you want to support what we do here along the right side of the homepage on the Working Drummer website, you can find buttons for PayPal and Patreon, and any donation in any amount is greatly appreciated. You can follow us on social media, and if you want to be featured on Instagram, post pictures and videos of your gigs using the hashtag Working Drummer. We love seeing what you are all up to. Finally, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher. And YouTube now as well. If YouTube is your choice for streaming audio, every couple weeks we will be putting out a group of 10 episodes for you to visit for the first time or for revisiting the Working Drummer Podcast archives. Please subscribe to this YouTube channel and leaving a rating and review on any or all of these platforms is very helpful for us. So here you go. Here is my conversation with Petar Janic.
1: The community, the live band community in Minneapolis is really insane. It's really good. Mm-hmm. The only thing that it doesn't lag, just it's really cold. <laughs> <laughs> and not a lot of people kind of, it's north and not a lot of people go by it, you know, go through it, mm-hmm. especially since Prince passed and there was a college. So I'm, I'm going to give you a little backstory. I'm not from Minneapolis, I'm from Serbia. I was going to say it's it's you have a thick Midwestern
0: accent. No, I'm kidding. I know you're from it's, Serbia. It's,
1: it's it's hidden. It's hidden here somewhere. <laughs> it will, I don't think it'll, the Midwestern will not come out. No, but definitely the Western when you hear them say the a W word. I yeah. cannot do it. <laughs> um, I moved there in 2009 for school for college. Yes, uh, and it was McNally Smith College of Music downtown St. Paul, which was Music Tech before in Minneapolis, and it was like a like a sister to Berkeley. It was ran by, the president was Harry Shalmears, who was the vice president of Berkeley for 10, 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And school was insane. That's that's the only reason originally I came to America because the dream as a kid back in Europe is my idol, Steve Gadd, Omar Hakim, Manu Kache, like all these dudes work with American artists and play American music.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So as a kid, I always bugged my, Parents, I want to go to America, I want to go to America, help me, help me. Mm-hmm. And um, Berkeley was the only school that was famous, in at least in Serbia. Mm-hmm. And the person that was there at the time in admissions was this guy named Gojko Damjaneć, if I remember right. And we reached out, he was from Serbia, and we re- reached out via internet. Um, if we can if there's anything I can do to audition or something for any kind of scholarship or anything, just even enroll in school. And you say, how old are you? I was 16, 17 at the time. And he suggested you need to finish senior year of high school in America to avoid the ACT or TOEFL exam, which all European or like international students have to take. Yeah. So that was around, when we talked, that was around June or July. And school starts in September, so me and my parents, definitely my mom, who was did everything possible to make sure that I want to go to this. Yeah, happens. yeah, yeah. We find um, how do you call it? We find a organization that was international student exchange for okay. high schools. Yeah. And I applied, and all high schools were like booked. There was only one that was open, and it was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, talk about cold. <laughs> Me as a kid, like, first of all, I've traveled in Europe, never to America. Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Google it. Like, what is it? Mount Rushmore. I see Mount Rushmore. And then I see the X-Files and, like, <laughs> <laughs> crop circles and whatnot. I'm like, oh, cool. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to check it out.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm, do, I'm doing it. I'm going to a host family to a LA lady that i yeah. never met. I'm, I need to go to America. Right. No knowledge of sarcasm, nothing. I do not know what that even is. Fly over Chicago and I'm confused, like, excuse me, sir, my English was not this good. It was okay, but it was not, not that it's good right now, but, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> excuse me, sir, can you tell me where my gate is? And he looks at, oh, Sioux Falls, man, have fun. <laughs> and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yes, yes, this is it. i scored. I'm going to have fun. I'm yes, going to have fun. <laughs> I land, look left, nothing looked like Meat Factory. Nothing against Sioux Falls. I had a blast there, but just I mean my advent, my journey became mm-hmm. like started from there. Yeah. The story gets better. <laughs> we know this. We know it gets better, but yeah. but yeah, meat factory. Smells weird. I'm like, oh no. Is there any music? Like, oh you have to be twenty-one here anywhere to walk in here. I'm like, oh god, I'm only eighteen. I'm not going anywhere, am I? Figured out, you know what, just buy a kit, start practicing, just focus. And it was great because I get to focus on making contacts. I met some people in Sioux Falls because I could not read music at all at the time. In Serbia, that's not not a popular thing. (laughs) Okay. I was basically ear trained and that was my first training. I could play whatever you want me to play, but... There was not many notation stuff there, because it was hard to access, but DVDs were easy to access. OK, So I've that Steve Gad in session DVD. Okay, I'm going to do this, just crank it up and just <laughs> try to sound like Steve Gad if you can. It was just usually whoever I have a DVD of, uh-huh. I would try to try sound like that. Yeah. And my dad was a drummer, yes, and still is, and he had records. Like, usually kids here are like, oh, yeah, man. I mean, so, like, ACDC rock. As a kid, I was so into Weather Report. (laughs) That was, like, and Toto. Toto is a big one, like, I'm in my playing. And over time, my dad was a funk head, so every James Brown record, every Prince record, every Michael Jackson record was in the house. So, I would always learn those tunes, just kind of click it, play it, Yeah. try to match the feel, try to match the groove. Right, right. So in Sioux Falls, I need to learn how to read. So I met, um, met a teacher at my high school that I went, and he said, oh, there's this guy, his name is Chuck Case, he's, he's, he reads his ass off. You can definitely get a couple of lessons from him to prepare me for the other editions, because c- I sent a DVD to Berkeley, and they said, you got it, you're in, finish high school, it's going to happen. Just You need okay. to just come, we'll organize for you to do another edition for the scholarship. And over time, like, I'm practicing and practicing. Look at, I mean, time is going by. It's around April, like beginning of April. And I'm my visa expires in June. That means I have to leave the country. And right. if I don't have an extension, I cannot come back. So around April, like April, I hit up, what's happening? I hit up the Berkeley admissions. Not the guy, because he's extremely busy. And they're like, well, we schedule our admission admi- for August. And that would never happen, because I would leave in June and never come back. I would not, I will not be able to come back yeah. at the time. And right. can you guys change it? Well, we cannot do anything. Honestly, it's not gonna happen. Freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chuck, the previous instructor that taught me how to read, told me about the school, McNally Smith College of Music. Mm-hmm. PMA, can I pay pay you something and gas because I could not drive? Mm-hmm. That was another rule that you cannot drive. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, he will for sure love to come to Minneapolis with me. So he made a drive, scheduled an audition really fast, and that changed my life. I met the person who organized everything from there on to, even today, who helps me a lot, and it was Gordy Knutson. He's yeah. a drummer for the Steve Miller Band. Yeah, yeah. and amazing like yeah still t- till today he blows my mind and i highly advise if you ever want to have somebody to just on the podcast he's probably
0: he's been on the list for sure i mean not been on the show but yeah he's definitely been on the list to, to talk he's to he's
1: insane in so many realms like life drums music i love it uh immediately met with him hi gordy pachar pachar gordy auditions usually 30 minutes we played and he ended having me there for an hour and a half, just us two playing and him wanting to hear the story. And he said, You need to come to the school. I will do everything possible. This is how much it costs. And Serbian Mage is not even, not even a yearly Serbian Mage will cover a year at McNally. So I'm like, Gordy, I would love to, but. So I know,
0: so just to, not, to, not to interrupt, but no, I, no. I, I like reading about McNally, and it's no longer.
1: Real, school, I'm so. not going to say it. I was an employee there right before. It kind of
0: shut down. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But it it did shut down. But at the time, it was like ranked one of the highest, most expensive schools in the
1: country. And it was there, man. It was about to become nonprofit. Scholarships were coming in. It's just still, still mind-blowing that it shut down because Mm -hmm. the school had such a highly, I don't know about the other programs, but the drum program was probably one of the like best things ever. Mm-hmm. that I like studying-wise because it explored every single weakness of mine and made it better. Mm-hmm. And the te- and especially my generation was like tw- 20, 30 drummers. There's six or seven teachers. You grab coffee with them like this. It's not like there's mm-hmm. so many students that you can... Mm-hmm. You get uh, really a bond with every teacher. So I bonded with Gordy just... We're we're like family now. And mm-hmm. Dave Stanick was one of them. Um Paul Steber who was another and Dave Schmalenberger. Those are the four dudes that I had mostly like impact me and mm-hmm. tell me tell me the truth that were in school. Gotcha. So, so after the addition, Gordy made made it happen. Basically, talked to the presidents, talked to the 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 founders of the school and other teachers, and I got a full ride scholarship.
0: That's awesome. And
1: it was awesome. Yeah. Immediately got the papers, came back 2009, school started, first semester, I'm in. So you had to go back? To I had to go back, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I had to go back and see my family anyways. I, my plan was to go back. Sure. And came back for, for the first semester in September. And never, never, I'll never forget walking through those doors, just, whoa, <laughs> everybody's a musician, everybody's just on it. Yeah. And immediately teachers are, you're the kid from Serbia, because there's not no Serbians there. <laughs> so that kind of made me a thing. And I'm left-handed. There's another thing. that Yeah, right, right. That's kind of a curse, because every time I would practice, I would never return the kid or anything, or a, <laughs> they would do an exam. All right, Patar, you're either going to go first or last, because right, you're to. doing this once only. <laughs> sure enough, yeah, every the school was kind of competitive and like oh that kid from Serbia has a full ride scholarship whatever but I had a weakness I could not read so Mm -hmm. that's where my like mostly like get get you reading you gotta read do you feel like that pushed you though it definitely definitely pushed me and the thing is I did learn but then after school was done which is kind of sad I never had to use it again I Mm -hmm. thus far never had to read this or and I think the skill kind of went down honestly but all the So I finished a bachelor's, got my bachelor's degree there, and I got a master's degree from there. So I kind of plowed it through. I'm like, immediately, I want to get, just be done with it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what it all happened. in my, my life in Minneapolis, through that school, they had this thing called Artists in Industry. They would bring cat, cats from either the city or whoever's passing through town uh-huh. to do a clinic in front of 100, 120 kids. And every time somebody would done, I would just stay, I'm going to be that creepy kid that's going to stay and try. And, hey, man, I have a couple of questions. <laughs> and always would happen. And Gordy mentioned this place, this bar in Minneapolis called Bunker's Music Bar and Grill. It's in Washington. It's apparently, when I when I heard about it, it's, it's the church. It's the musician's church. Everybody who's in town, they would go there on a Sunday and Monday to see this band, Dr. Mambo's Combo, play. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm 19 like, I'm not entering any bar, clearly. was persistent with this artist and industry. Like, I felt there's something's going to happen here. And I met a bass player, Johann Estona, who was the guest on the clinic. And sat down, hey, man, can I buy you a coffee? I would like just to ask you a couple of questions. I'm from Serbia, i a musician. Can you guide me, like, a little bit what to do? And sure enough, yeah, I love coffee. I love sweets, too. I'm like, oh, perfect. I love sweets as well. <laughs> I know a great dessert spot. Yeah. We grab coffee and he was I played this gig at bunkers every Sunday and Monday. Like I would try to get in there, man. But I'm 19. Oh, I got you, man. Yeah. I get to the bar, whatever. I don't know, I I know the background, but don't know what's happening. I walk in. It's pretty like you can sense the energy is just there. Everybody's just kind of ready to go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, s- I sit down like, I got messed up too I sat down right in the middle of the bar just kind of by myself drinking a coke (laughs) and just uh, looking you can like (laughs) this you can even see because you would walk in they would make sure to put like the X over your whole hand right 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 so I look and I'm like still in disbelief like this moment is still like I would never forget it's Michael Bland on drums Mm -hmm. Sonny Thompson comes in plays guitar who's bass player as well this cast just first note and it was just oh my god like what is going on yeah and johannes comes after the first set hey you want to meet michael i mean i have dvds of this guy just in serbia like this guy's my hero like he's one of the top five before even i knew him and i'm like yes sure do you think it's okay yeah, yeah, come, come. Because Michael does not leave the stage. He just chills there. He's he's more of like, he's he's there on the stage. And if you want to talk to him, he wants people to know that you want to talk to him. Kind of like, like I do not want to go outside the stage because he would get riled up by all kinds of Prince fans. And this way he's on stage and just chilling there. And he's he's safe. Somewhat. It's right,
0: like, right. There's a bit of a gate.
1: It's a little gate, yeah. And yeah. people who want to talk to him, they don't want to... Prince Fans, they don't want to like climb the stage or they kind of ask him something, but he's usually there. Yeah, Johannes brings me up and I'm like, I cannot talk, I cannot. Hey man, you're a drummer, aren't you? I'm like, How do you know this already? I see you, I saw you the whole set. This man, you're still staring at me. What's that about? I'm like, Oh, I'm I'm I'm, I'm dead, I'm not coming back in here mm-hmm. Hey man, I'm Pitar, you play the drums, right? I'm from Serbia, you play the drums, right? Y- yes What do you want to play, man? Uh, what? You're, you're, you're sitting in, man I'm like, I can't, I'm left-handed Oh, you're sitting in, man
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I don't know any of the songs you guys do I'm sure you know them Do you, you know September, Earthman Fire? Yes, I do know that song could you play it now? Uh can you can I come back next week? Because that was my excuse. So I wanna come back to this. Right, right. Can I come back next week and kinda can, can you guys play it and I can hear it? I really don't wanna make a fool out of myself. And that's what he really liked. That usually when he says to people to sit in, they're all, yes, I'm sitting in. And I think that kinda also, oh, this kid wants to be he he knows what's happening. That I'm gonna put him through the grinder right now. So he wants to Give us his best. And of course, he was cool. Come back next week. Your name is going to be on the list. I want to hear you play. Sure enough, I flipped the kit right-handed and I just started practicing right-handed off the gate. September, any song, I, I was kind of writing down anything they would do and just make sure I Google, like YouTube it and practice it right-handed, not left-handed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Come back week after, play September. And he's like, looking at me because Michael has his ride. I don't know how to explain this. I know nobody's going
0: to see me, but it's... Right. It's, it's like a Steve Jordan, like old oh, it's right. letterman, kind just
1: flat. Flat up, just, and I'm mm-hmm. just... Just coming the band. It feels great and just comes to the chorus. So, it's right. I'm on the ride and he just turns around, looks at me, and just turns back down and he's sitting. He, he didn't leave the stage. He's <laughs> right there next to you. He's sitting next to you. So talk about like
0: nerve-wracking
1: nerve-wracking how was mm-hmm. it man man you the, the pocket is great man your, your feel is great but you kind of rushed on the course <laughs> yeah I'm left-handed and it's really I, I was first of all I'm nervous you're here number one I wanted to be on time on that ride but yeah I did rush mm-hmm. but he really liked it he told the bouncers and everybody this guy's gonna come here every week like he's gonna come so let him in yeah. I know he's underage. So he he's cool to come in. Mm-hmm. And I took that every week, literally. I came there every week for two years. I did not miss every any Sunday, Monday. Even when Michael was not playing, there were subs, I would still be there. It was, so, like, it was like a free lesson. It was, it was, like, it it was, was definitely, education after school. It was just looking what he's doing and how he's approaching the song. And by far, he's definitely one of my biggest Influences in town and overall, after time passed, so moving on, sure enough, those two years passed and I started getting gigs in Minneapolis. Michael heard that how I'm working and I was still sitting in, and he would have me sit in more often than ever. Were you still in school during this time? Yes, every okay. time I would be there till 2 a.m., wake up at 6 30 to go to school, mm-hmm. and just I don't care, I didn't care. I was, I drink more coffee back then now i'm kind of cool but i just needed to be here i knew this was this was if i wanted to be better yeah this was this was the place you know right and and the the time i think definitely because there was times john Mayer comes and sits in oh look (laughs) at that prince is right like next to me sitting just all the somehow appeared from nowhere (laughs) and i turned right and i'm like shaking just complete you you feel the energy just silence just it was like that and you turn around and, and I don't want to turn I turned around once never, never again that I kind of did that you know but <laughs> Michael had me there so this is the school that that was happening it was always hard and heavy there was never nice you know over time sitting in I would sit in hey what you want to play man I don't know what you're going to do for me any 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 kind of sign I can do how about I know this running tune, I got dreams to remember. And it's super slow. And it's super intense. Like the intensity of that drumming is just. I'm not tune per Tune starts and I'm like, no. Just one. He counts it in and he, of course, picks like one, two, three. And... And... And and there's so much space and I know in my head I'm going to butcher this because I've not practiced this student right handed I'm not tight on it and of course the tempo is all over the place and what he said after that it was complete dead silence hey man if you're going to play slow like that you better not come back come back and sit in again wow everyone heard it everyone heard it and I saw the keyboard player, Bill Brown. He kind of felt bad. Mm -hmm. I thought you sound great, man. And he heard him. No, he didn't. He did not sound great at all. And I'm like, in my head, that was it. That was just, you got to make sure you know everything, anything, and just make sure you know how to do it right. Mm -hmm. Especially playing drums and playing time and how much slower is definitely harder than... Oh, right. There's so much space. There's so much... Intensity in playing, and of course, playing fast is fun, mm-hmm. and just it's easier. Yeah. Ten days after that, I practice it. It's just that too. Like, it's... and he's like, "Oh, you're back. what well, You want to play? I got dreams. That's right. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I played it. I felt like they good. First thing he turned to the keyboard player. <laughs> like, See, Bill Brown. This is what happens. You gotta be hard to 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 like. This is the last samurai right here. I'm going to be hard to him. And if he doesn't know, get it, I'm trying to help him. I'm not trying to trying to discourage him. And he did help me. Yeah. Over time, after that passed, he played Sunday. Hey, man, you're playing Monday night. I'm like, what? You're subbing from now on. It's your it's your gig. Cool. Wow. <laughs> he recorded the night he had recordings of me playing. They're on for anything that he needed to sub. He... I got the first, if it was a session, if it was a gig, like Soul Asylum, he asked me in the sublist for that or and he, anybody who asked him about a drummer, he would recommend me and knock on wood, again, he's been, him and Gordy have been like just so helpful in the whole life of drumming yeah. and making sure that I'm on the right path. And that, that, that became my story as a Minneapolis drummer, you know,
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And learning from him, showing me the pockets, showing me the ways of practicing. A couple of times we practiced together. He would never, never, he would never, we would never sit, oh, check this out, or show me something. We would sit, he would grab a metronome. <laughs> All right, man, start playing. Here's kind of 90. 90. And then, he would turn it off and just turn it back on. Yeah. Turn it off and just kind of focus on my time. That was that was his main thing. Like I want to, you need to be clocking, man. Yeah. You can play. I know you can play fast. I know you can chop. I need you to. Be, I need you to play. I need you to be the clock. Right. You're driving the bus.
0: Right.
1: Bass player is the conductor. You're driving it. Everybody and with that band, with the combo, the first gig I played with them, it was just you can felt. You can. I felt it that the whole every member is right. Following you, they're not, they're just on it. Like you feel like you're driving. Mm-hmm. And it was over time, got to meet amazing people. Played, sure enough, right in front of us, I'll never forget this. Prince walked in and I'm playing. And my friend Corey Wong, who I currently play right, with, right. he was playing guitar. So we were playing, he was, it was two guitars. Billy, who's the original guy, was there in the club and like, oh, I want to play too. Before even, surely enough, Prince walks and we were like, oh my God, now what? This is it. This is like, kind of like, I need to do good here. Yeah. Surely enough, they call. It was like, I think it was, do you love what you feel or something? That was the song Margaret sang. And then, and then we did, I think it was something was, something's wrong with my baby. And Prince walked and he was just, he had a hoodie on. Like one of those capes, like super capes, a cane, glasses, nobody knew who it was. And the whole song he's in front of the stage, just staring at the singers in the band. Just, and he pulls out money, gives it to the singer. <laughs> and the singer's like, something is wrong, snatches the money from and he's laughing, laughing, enjoying the night. Um, G, who was the singer, takes me takes me back. Prince, this is this is the kid from Serbia, Petar. And it was just shook his hand. Nice to meet you, sir. I don't know what to say. You, you just, you're, you're the reason I'm one of the main reasons I, I'm playing this music. And I really like what you did up there. I hope you have a good night. that was it. That's great. Who left, and uh, over time, definitely had more encounters with him. But we'll get to that, I guess. Yeah, man. So, I mean, playing the combo gig, played it since 2010, 11. Till literally today, I still play when I'm in Minneapolis. Okay, I, would play I was going to ask men. about that, yeah. I mean, I just moved here four days ago.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, that was my other question, is like, what is your connection? But but before I get to that, when you were a kid, though, so you're, you, you mentioned briefly that your dad's a drummer. Yes. And got you a kit when you were five. Yes. And then... So there was some instruction from him, is that correct? A little bit, a couple of
1: times. It's always, I thought, he knew that too. It was always a father and son to do a thing, you know, cause, because he would get too mad if I don't do something right. Or, you know, it would be just, this will not, this chemistry will not work. Mm-hmm. So actually there was, that my first teacher who did not know how to read, but probably one of the top Serbian rock, rock funk drummers at the time, was this guy in Slo- Slobodan Stojanovic,
0: mm.
1: and if you would Google him or just check some tunes by his band called Smuck, which is played s spelled S M A A K S M A K, it was literally if Jimi Hendrix played P Funk, oh, that was the vibe of the band. Yeah, and he was my instructor, kind of teacher, mentor. I mean. The best way he taught me, he would play something cool. Can you re- can you replay what I just did? And we would take it like that, or then he would part one, part two, and we would grab audio cassettes and record it with this like boombox because he had yeah. a recorder on it. He would record it, and I would buy a, I would buy a Walkman, yeah, and just put a Walkman and just gonna try and repeat. And that's it was it was an interesting way to teach someone as, it, as opposed to have the sheet music. sheet music or it's on the so this is one the end uh, it's on the end no nope, none of that it was just I play it you repeat it if you cannot repeat it we'll record it yeah. and I will come back some days after can you repeat what I just say and I will repeat it or if you're t- doing a new groove yeah and I would learn like clave all kinds of craziness right and Serbia is definitely known for odd time signatures yes so I would gr- I would grow up from a of seven nine 11 mm-hmm. those were like the common time signature you play mm-hmm. up by oh we're playing in seven right now, and people are dancing. That's a wedding gig. Sure. Um, so there's there's a background of that which was funny, and a lot of fusion was in my blood because I was just around it a lot. Yeah. And <laughs> then coming to bunkers, I got to experience all the Minneapolis pocket, all the R and B B sides. So Al Green, Marvin Gaye, Otis Redding, mm-hmm. Curtis Mayfield, Donnie Hathaway, Bobby Womack. All I played that on the regular basis. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Michael. Hey, man, solo salam might need a drummer here. Learn their whole repertoire. I, guy, dive into their book. Just it was more of like I, I like all kinds of music, mm-hmm. and I know <clears throat> I know that if you want a gig, you kind of you have to research it. You have to do the history, right. not just the band, but just even the style. So over time, I've i just spent with many styles. Mm -hmm. As possible, try to kind of get, get the vibe, get the feel. Yeah, I think that's where my drumming mostly. I my advice to any drummer, or I see myself as a chameleon, and I want to, I want to be able to say almost yes to whatever comes my way. You know, sure, and not say yes, oh, and do it kind of sloppy. I want to sound because that's because that's what I got from Michael, and when he plays funk. He's the funkiest. When he plays rock, he's the grungiest rock dude you'll see. Whatever he takes, he just he just looks like a different person, but it's the same guy on drums. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And definitely that's kind of where, what I took from him the most, you know. Right, just, right.
0: That's so great. I mean, just to have these mentors yeah. that see the potential. And I think what it is, is there's a spirit about... Well, there's a spirit about youth and wanting to digest yeah. all this music. And I think that... I think just based on maybe your personality, that they saw that. It, you, I'm definitely... You, you seem like a very transparent person. Yeah, I don't have anything to lie about or anything. You wear your heart on your sleeve, and so I think that...
1: It was these, hilarious. Even he said once, What are you doing here, man? You're here more than me. Like, why are you here? Because <laughs> <laughs> when, he, when I walked in the club, it was like, Oh, great. Him again. Like... <laughs> Like, and I told him, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm probably going to be here every week. Mm-hmm. There's a big chance you will not see me in the summer when they go see my family. But my goal is to be here every week. Yeah. And I proved him I was going to be there every week. Right. And he see, I mean, I was just persistent. And I still am. Like, anytime I see someone that... I want to hang out with everyone. That's, that's me. But if, yeah. if I see somebody like, this is mind-blowing. I need to be around this. I would just try in the most comfortable way, not making definitely not making sure I'm cre- creepy but I want to learn you know sure there's always something to be learned right I, even today like I need to learn more and yeah
0: Mine is, I mean why why let the day go to waste without exactly. trying to digest something and it just makes makes what we do so much more fun yes you d- dig deep into yeah. it this episode is brought to you by DrumSellers.com, the niche marketplace where drummers, drum retailers, and drum manufacturers buy and sell their gear. List your drums for sale for free, and the only fee is 4% if it sells. Simple. Check out all the new used vintage and custom drum eye candy at DrumSellers.com.
1: Originally, let us I did have a big interest when I was five, and I was playing around, but professionally, I started, like, investing everything I got into drums was ten years old. And Serbia's Serbia was at at that time behind a little bit with technology, internet, and it was really hard to get videos. So I would see who has a VHS. Somebody somebody lived in Germany has a VHS of weather report in total concert back to back. So we would get two VHS recorders. My dad would have, and I would grab the VHS and record it over another VHS. Mm-hmm. So I would go through these concerts every time. And trying to, I remember when, the, when I got the DVD for the first time, it was just, <laughs> please, who, who can we call? Do we have any friends in Australia or anyone? Can he buy some DVDs? And I would get, what, anything was a blessing. So Steve Gadd in session, that was my first DVD. Mm-hmm. Uh, One of the modern drummers. Um, I would just try to, because it's so hard to get the music there, and definitely to play it over there. Mm -hmm. Because Serbia, because Serbia is more focused on its folk music, and if you want to make a living as a musician, it's really tough to make it doing foreign music, American music. If you Mm want to be a fusion musician, it's really tough Mm -hmm. to make to live off of it. You know, you can, but it's. It's hard yeah. to play. Oh, I just wanna play cool, awesome music. Yeah, you're not gonna get paid. You can do mm-hmm. it, but you will never get paid. Mm-hmm. So that that was it for me. I do wanna, I learn how to play folk music. I played in many folk Serbian bands trying to make money. Oh, this is a funny story. <laughs> I don't wanna to take too much time, but yeah. I remember it was my first professional band like, and they were pretty big in the Serbian folk pop community. And I had a gig, I was 15 years old, 16, I was just, just in high school, I went to music school high school in, in Kingstown, which is the city I was born, mm-hmm. and we would travel every weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, to do gigs outside, so we would go to Bosnia, which was a seven hour drive mm-hmm. on Friday, and come back Sunday morning after the gig. And I remember, and this was a month house gig in Bosnia and I did the gig and I never told my parents what my grades were <laughs> after that month it was parent-teacher conference whatever right before the semester in Serbia they, they grade you from 1 to 5 which is 5 is an A Okay. One's an F. F yeah. <laughs> I, I had 12, 12 subjects I was 12 I had 8 F's <laughs> I remember the look of my mom. I will never forget this. My mom walked in home and just, you're done. That's it. Grabs the phone, calls the band leader. He's not playing with you anymore. I'm sorry. So basically, she quit the band for me. And the band knew. They understood. They were like, yeah, we should not go with him anymore. Cause. All, was it all older players? Oh, yeah. Everybody's like. 28 30 and I'm 16 <laughs> it was everybody was definitely and, and they were great they were a tight band and they were you can tell they were music lovers because they would play a folk song and all of a sudden they would kind of play a song and they're going to the chicken yeah still have fun it was a great band yeah. but they had to play the folk music to make money but it, right. they made, made it work somehow but I will never remember, forget my mom quitting the band for me that was I was heartbroken at the time but it Clearly, I would not be here if she did not do that, you know?
0: Yeah. Right, because you had to come to school. I had to come
1: to school. I I finished I fixed my grades immediately. I was lucky enough, all the teachers understood what was happening, fixed the grades. Here I am today, you know? Went to McNally, finished all the McNally courses and everything that was possible. Immediately after I got done with teaching McNally, they hired me to be the instructor. So I I, I taught Serbian ensemble, which was kind of the odd time. -hmm. Serbian ensemble, and I would either fill in or take over some Gordy classes, some Dave's class stuff for Dave. So do technique and do apply theory for drums, and it was it was awesome. Well, was there something
0: about teaching odd time signatures that you were able to introduce to American students that maybe we hadn't considered?
1: I've never, so I would never bring in paper because I was never taught like that. Right, I would try to kind of force it upon them. Check it out. It's more about counting and not being 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 and being more on 1, 2, 1, 2, 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 1, 2, 1, 2, 3, 1 or 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 1, 2, 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 1 and trying to approach that pattern more and just even playing is just going to, I don't know if it's going to pick up, but it's going. And then take one limb and try playing quarter notes with one limb, you know? So just making it more odd and uncomfortable but just take it slow and just play it like that it's it's different I know but remember the pattern trying to get that pattern in right, you
0: right right well like like take the song take five it's a yeah. perfect example of as opposed to counting in five, five. you count three, two, two yeah uh, in breaking one, it up that yeah exactly Just that we, we, and, and how how that counting how putting three and then two together works for that melody where oh. two and three may work with another melody yeah gotcha
1: it was it was definitely a challenge because I started teaching really early I was 20 I'm 28 now and mm-hmm. I was an instructor with 25 and all my students were 23 or 24 so that sure. was that was a little tough but they understood because I brought because I brought this whole kind of new thing into teaching, yeah, yeah, and I would have my students play the track. I took everything what I took as a kid, like play the tracks. Don't play something you like. Play something you don't like. And my every time I would end my practice, I would grab a total record and play just the whole live concert <laughs> up and down. So it was the that was one of my like and of practice routines grab a weather yeah. report concert even if you're not playing exactly what they're doing it's just try and play with someone yeah 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 so
0: i did you know it's it's so funny you say that i mean like so my 13 year old is learning to play guitar and i said you know wor- work on these things that your teacher is giving you and then like when you feel like you're kind of at you're finally done with your practicing then dig into something that you want to yeah you know, pull exactly. out that song and, and you, you add an extra 10, 20 minutes on to your practice time and you reconnect with that. But you're still start. It's almost like a workout routine. Yeah. You know, you start off with the things you don't like and then you you end up on the on the bicycle or something like that. You know that that just kind of like round everything out. But you while you're fresh and you have that energy to focus on. The things that maybe you don't want to
1: exactly and it not only that just kind of, even if you're not playing exact same notes or exact same pattern you're working on your feel, mm. and you're somewhat the to me i would never put headphones on i would have a speaker next to me and kind of make it necessary for me to play and listen harder to mm. lock in with the band you know and so i'm not playing with live bands i'm gonna crank this live concert try to gonna learn the hits but do my thing, but still make it really hard for me to like hear. But at the same time, I want to listen to them really hard. Yeah. So it yeah, makes yeah. up the feel in you. You know, you're you're getting you're kind of getting into that live movement. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I'm playing a live concert right now. Mm-hmm. I know I'm in my garage, just mm-hmm. but I'm playing a live concert in my head. You know.
0: I, I, that's such an important point. I think now that so much monitoring is used with in ears. Yes that um, there is a, there's a benefit from that. You're, you're listening to people at the speed of light, not the speed of sound. But I think that there is an element of dynamics and feel that gets lost
1: yeah. with that. Definitely. What definitely do? there is. I, I use in-ears with Corey, yeah. and uh, I always take one out because mm. I have to feel the room, I have to feel the, <clears throat> the band, even sometimes when they put Corey, make sure to tell me, take one out. Because he's, me and him really think a l- lot alike about time. Yeah. And we, we, he went to the Michael School too as well. Yeah. If you're from Minneapolis from and you, you, you went through the bland school, you know. Just, <laughs> if you were persistent and he, I, I know Corey was, we, we were hanging out together all the time. So, yeah. And that's another thing. I never mentioned that. So the gig I'm on, I'm with Corey Wong. Yeah. We went to school together. I mean, I I started and he graduated, basically. My first semester, he was already out the semester before. But Minneapolis, St. Paul, he was still in the school a lot and we crossed paths. Okay. And same thing with Kevin Gastongue, who is the keyboard player in the band. Yes. We would always hang out in school or like jam or just kind of play a little bit. And over time, we... We were playing together all the time. I'm with Kevin on more gigs than I've been with anyone in my life. We're together on Sundays and Mondays. We played Wednesdays at Bunkers. We, we, we would play all, all... We have a gig on Friday and Saturday. Who's on? Kevin's on. Oh, great. And we were into tour with Corey. Right. So, same thing with Corey. We played so many shows together. And when Corey's project just bloomed. It was just... You want to play? Yes, of course. You're my bro. Yeah. It's going to be great, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. surely enough the the gig is awesome it's like friends, we're just playing music that kind of like, we we really like i it's and it's been
0: great to discover because I wasn't familiar with you or him, and so thanks to christian yeah, Colin for course. connecting us no man but it is uh, again another thing about this podcast that i Feel like i reap the benefit of is discovering wonderful talent drummers and new music and it's been a blast like listening to Corey's band and you guys and there's a great new live uh video that's been out floating around yeah and- it was it
1: was that was our last show of the tour and and we were talking we recorded every every menu we do multi-track on every every gig we do uh-huh. it helps us and just to kind of clear, like, okay, this is what's going on. Just let's, yeah, let's be together as a unit. And Corey's a great leader, and he's always on top of it every time. Even if it's me, hey man, I. There was a song, and I don't want you to do that jerky drum thing. Be more. He's such a musician; he knows exactly what he wants, mm. so that helps a lot. But the last gig, which was in Minneapolis at the Fine Line. I was like, what should we do? And I told him, man, we should have... So we wear jerseys and... I don't want to spoil it for everyone, but we, we play, the, sh- the shows are out now, so... Yeah, we no, were- they're fun. I mean, they're, there's there's like a... Aside
0: from the music, there's like a show going on.
1: We had a guy with an iPhone and a Steadicam. All the, all the videos you see are all iPhone. There's no... It looks great. There's no <laughs> anything crazy about it. It's just iPhone and a Steadicam. Yeah. Uh, we had a buddy of mine comes to grab the phone and he's dressed as a referee on stage and he's just recording the gig on stage and that was
0: probably well and you guys have like these jerseys and they yeah. say in Wong, the Wong's Pizza so it's like what it, is this like a restaurant
1: <laughs> it's Corey explains it better than I am he's you got gonna have to see it. I don't want to spoil the show that's the thing but yeah, right. he has a thing about it and it's if you see the show I encourage you it's on YouTube Corey Wong live at the fine line he, the first song, he will explain everything about everything. So yeah,
0: it's good. It's good.
1: I, I want to talk more about about that
0: gig. I do want to ask you though, before we get far away from just teaching and practicing, if or when you have time off, do you work on anything?
1: Yes. The thing is, so check it out. I was in Min- It was in a townhouse in Minneapolis, and it was hard to practice the last couple of years. And I just moved here. To Nashville to Nashville uh-huh. uh, four days ago and I live in Madison it's a great house I have a buddy of mine Alex who also has a studio in the house it's great I raised up my kit and it the last three days were awesome because I was practicing every day uh, I'm going on the Dave Cos cruise on the 20th and we're going as a Corey Wong band but we are playing with Candy Dolfer and a few more artists and all this music, yeah, we had over 100 tunes to learn mm. in less than a month. So it was, I would, so now when I, I do the same routine, I would play it on the speaker, kind of quiet, not super loud, but loud enough, so I can play comfortably and really focus on listening for the tune and trying to master the feel. And now I'm definitely trying to, now the next days I'm gonna go back after this and practice and just try to tighten up all the hits. But I take first, what I do is learn the form and try make it feel good. Try clo- as close to the record as possible. Yeah. Because I think that's when... When I played so far, artists are really impressed with that. With just... The artists I played for, they were like, man, this feels really good. Yeah, yeah. And of course, mastering the hits and everything is great. But as soon as... I always want to make sure the singer's not doing this, plug in their ear. Mm-hmm. And... I want to make sure everybody's just bobbing the head that they're in with me, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's my first practice tip when I am on a new gig. Yeah. I first grab the records, get through them and see always always look for live footage, see what they want, what the artist is looking for, you know? Mm -hmm. It really helps. It really, really, really helps.
0: Nice. But you're not, but you're memorizing everything.
1: I'm memorizing everything. I, I'm going to try for this cruise. It's just 100 and something tunes. I, I will have charts with me, but yeah. usually, whatever I'm on, I even have charts up to sound check, even on sound check. But after that, gone, never for the show. Yeah. I, my goal is to always have memorized because yeah. the energy is there. Looking with, uh, I'm not going to be looking at a piece of paper yeah. and not looking at the bass player, guitar player, or singer. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always, and I say piece of paper, I mean laptop.
0: (laughs) Right, right, okay, (laughs) sure. Uh, As far as tempos and things like that, are you keeping track of?
1: Always, I have a a, I've been doing it now through Ableton. I have an Ableton session. If I'm not running tracks, and I don't run tracks lately, you know, I've never, and if I do, probably was the hardest way to do it. I would load up a track in my SPD and kind of sample just separate it have the track on the left, click on the right, and I would do it that way. That's probably the hardest way now with technology. <laughs> but on Corey's gig, I do not have Kevin's running the tracks. I'm just running an Ableton click to me. Okay. And I'm always I try to be always on click unless hey man, let's let's feel it out tonight. Let's see how it goes. If you just play from the heart, you know? Mm-hmm. The combo gig. Sometimes I play the click, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I turn off as a reference yes, just to see where I am. But uh-huh. it's always good to play with the click. And it's always I ran into cats who can kick ass. But you turn a click on them, they cannot do it. Mm-hmm. So it's always always good to be able to do that. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you will not you'll you can only benefit. You will definitely not, right. you know. But definitely also be able to be your own metronome and kind of feel like sometimes I play this game I turn like I don't want to take too much time about this but no, this no, is a this cool is,
0: this is important stuff this is,
1: this is a cool routine so I'm probably going to fail miserably but in my head if I'm I'm trying to find 90 is and I would go on the metronome uh-huh am I Oh, it's... It's definitely... I would play that game. I would try... Man, Is 110, maybe... What would be 110, like... Just... And then I would go to 110. And see if I'm... If I'm close, even. Kinda, I'm kind of there, you know? Yeah, right, right, right. And it's always good to have these tempos ma- mastered in your head. Even you feel like two or three clicks of, uh, behind or but it's always good to be in the ballpark so it's almost like
0: relative pitch so there's some people that yes. have perfect pitch and yes. there's people that have relative pitch and you use it uh, maybe a song that you know as a reference
1: yes so yes.
0: I know as a uh, as a general rule like all these you know Sousa marches yeah we're always like 120 yeah dun, 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 dun. 120's, fast.
1: That's, that's the beat
0: that's the, the but uh, you know and and you know, I think uh, I think of a couple songs that I know because I use this live BPM app. Mm-hmm. So when we're playing, there's a band I play with, play you know, Superstitious. I know we're always at 96 to 98 BPM. So when I think of that song with that band, I could probably find that tempo. Is that how you're finding the tempos?
1: Uh, through song references. Sometimes through song references. Sometimes. Just it's there, I guess, through session work. Yeah. So session work is a completely different animal. It is. Than live playing. It's it a. Is. I mean, you. Was one of my yourself.
0: questions for you was the difference in your approach from live to session work.
1: Definitely different game, different mindset, different, different just completely different thing. You, even playing, I have different set sticks for sessions, mm. I have different sticks for live playing. A lot of sessions I've done were in, of course, in Minneapolis. A lot of them all almost... Between me and Steve Gould, who's another phenomenal drummer, that's mm-hmm. my 10-year-old twin, <laughs> That's also plays with Corey Wong. The two of us are mostly in the Corey Wong session. So a lot of session work comes with Corey, but... And whatever... There's a family, Minneapolis family, the Petersons. Ricky Peterson, who's an outstanding organ player, Paul Peterson... I've done session work with them, but and the most session knowledge has come to me, I would say not recently, but two, three years ago. That's recently, three years ago. Yeah, for sure. um, Is with a really good friend of mine, producer John Fields. Mm -hmm. He moved into town from LA, and John is an outstanding everything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Ridiculous guitar player, amazing bass player, Outstanding drummer. When he plays drums, it's always just weird to see him play. But just, whoa, dude, you're you're freaky, man. Wow. Um, but on top of that, his main 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 animal is he's a producer. Yeah. He did records for all kinds of people and talking about from Jonas Brothers to Anastasia to Soul Every everything you know, Demi Lovato. So he has this pop bag. He has this singer songwriter bag. He has rock bag. Uh-huh. He's that dude. Like on drums, just in production. Oh, well, what what did you learn from him?
0: That okay.
1: that the grid is really important, and that that I intend to rush. <laughs> he's <laughs> he he is the great master. He he and Michael work together so much, and him and Michael are like that. When you say perfect pitch, mm-hmm. Michael has that mm-hmm. as a drummer. He has perfect pitch. He has I think drum tempo pitch. Yeah, I think he he's definitely has photographic memory. Yeah. So he's one of those dudes that you cannot fool him, you know. Mm-hmm. Like like when we were rehearsing once, this is funny. The keyboard player, we were playing our original song. He's playing a chord with both of his hands. Hey man, right hand, it's not E flat, it's E, man. And we were all like Stop, we're done. You're done. Just leave. But <laughs> John, I I had a session with him last week. I played right-handed cuz it was just it, can you just track this quickly on a right-handed kit in my head he does not want people to bash depends on the on the tune but he's not about smashing a cymbal and he's not about necessarily just hitting hard mm-hmm. so my go to stick to that is a uh, american jazz two bigford okay for but those sticks i'm I'm light but that still I can kind of play a little harder mm-hmm. but it's a light stick um yeah, for the drum nerds, Vic Firth, that's what I use. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Paiste Cymbals, mm-hmm. the go-to favorite cymbal. Yeah. And they've been always be treating me right. Um, uh, Remo Drumheads, I have a cool deal with them. Um, that's about it. No no drums necessarily. I play between Yamaha Drums and a the company from Minneapolis, Risen Drums. That's a okay. um, local company. They... They are somewhat, you can find quite a lot now, Risen kits here. But. What's the name of it again?
0: Risen. Risen.
1: Oh, Risen. Risen, yeah. Okay. Risen okay. drums.
0: Okay. Um. And that's and and the video of you with that's Corey what, Wong. Yeah, they, yeah they, beautiful, like, shallow drums.
1: They did a. Th- so, with Corey, let's travel light. We have to do these video shoots. We are always traveling. Let's just load, load and go. And my Wong setup is kind of interesting. I have. um.
0: Let me ask you real quick about your live stick. So the so you say it's a uh, the, the session sticks
1: that you're AJ using. Aj 2 Live stick is a 55a. Gotcha. And I make first it's always like you want to put a signature on it. Sure. Send the a signature. Posting. It's not a signature stick. It's a 55a. <laughs> Although I always ask them, if, can you make it sure they're a little heavier? Sometimes the first pack I got, there were a couple of pairs that were kind of light. Yeah. And I always, I don't know what you guys use. If yeah. it's possible just to make, I want it to be kind of full and heavier.
0: A certain weight. certain that weight, you, yes. Yeah, that For the
1: live stuff, because live you kind of have to hit hard. Not necessarily you don't. Right. And another thing that I just, I got hip to and I hit the company up and they were kind enough. They gave me a little deal and I encourage every drummer. It's called Roots EQ. Hmm. So you, Big Fat Snare Drum, you know right. about Big Fat Snare Drum. Uh-huh. Roots EQ is similar, except it's all cloth. I wish I brought it. Okay, yeah. It's a cloth, and they make rings for every side. Sure, sure, sure. sure. And it's on every, lately it's been almost on every record I've done. Right. That's the other
0: thing. So going, using that, talking about that, going to your setup with Corey.
1: With Corey, it's, so travel purposes, I have three cases. That's it. Nice. The drums fit in three cases. Yeah. It's a kick drum, and I sat down with Mike, who is the risen drum executive? Let's and Grady, who is Grady, is the builder who built the kit. We sat together and just hey, can we do this? If I grab a case, let's make a kick drum 22. I want a big kick 22 kick drum, but can we make it by nine? Mm-hmm. So it's 22 by nine. Snare, I use my regular snare 13 by. 13 by six is the main snare, and instead of hollowing the tom. I put the Roots q 14 on a Serbian company. It's called Antico. You will probably not run into it here in the US, but my friend in Serbia who built them built me a snare. And it's, I wish I brought it. You would freak out. It's, it's a kind of yellowish lug. It's a yellow. It, yeah. It was a one shell. It was just one thick shell like this. And yeah. he carved it all the way to the lug. And then he carved it from the lug. So the lug is a part of the shell. Are you serious? It's not glued. And it's maple it's all wood yeah and it's these i barely bring that snare when cory asked me to bring it for the tour i only use it for sessions because it's insane but cory asked i did it it's outstanding you turn it off it sounds like a 12 inch tom
0: you have it where the tom where the tom is and then
1: some songs i turn the snare on it you get the
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and with these it's like hand clap or it's it's great it's great and then the floor tom is a 16 by 9. <laughs> so it's really shallow. We had to find special legs so it can be, because I sit pretty high. Yeah, yeah. I use a um, signature 22 ride, light ride.
0: You have high a stick. remote hi-hat too. It's not.
1: It's a stack that I kind of built from a fast crash and a stack, and they tighten it up, and I put a blanket on it. I yeah. put blank, uh, towels on all my cymbals for the recording gig. Yeah, right. Because resonance, Corey does not want it to be extremely loud. And Corey's more about the dark sounds, less bright, more dark. Mm-hmm. So I put a little like kitchen towel. I cut it and put duct tape around it mm-hmm. and put in a symbol. Mm-hmm. That be symbols, not symbols, tone is there, but it's it not. It
0: almost looks like a braid. Kind of like a braid. braid. Yeah. Yep. Kind of when uh-huh. you put a
1: symbol, ring, chain, whatever chain, yeah. you just put a cloth.
0: But it's a towel. It's a towel. Yeah.
1: On the On the stack, I put a a cloth, so it's extra tight and sounds like a hi-hat, mm-hmm. but it's not. Yeah. I could get room with a hi-hat, but it's just more piece of hardware. Let's just go. Right. I'm kind of making her more like janky ghetto. Yeah, no, no, I mean, it sounds really
0: amazing, and and it's interesting as... This comes up more and more in the podcast when we're talking about sounds in the studio and live now, and this kind of crossbreed between electronics and acoustic drums. Definitely. And I feel like in recent, I would almost say months, there's been this evolution of drum sounds and setups where we're almost starting to get away from electronics yes, and back into... Creating electronic sounds with acoustic drums and cymbals.
1: There's a so to answer that there's another artist I played for in Minneapolis. Uh, his name is Alex Rossi. Crazy good guitar player, singer, mm-hmm. singer songwriter, more pop, like pop funk, uh-huh. and that's when me and John got super in because I was spending every day possible with John just to witness him work he's probably one of the fastest engineers I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. The speed and how he produced that record and how we approached it in and, and the drum part. If I played your record, I would say, hey, this is programmed. This is real. And the, oh, the whole song, the whole record is either electronic. Every song has a touch of acoustic and electronic. Mm-hmm. So in this song, I played, for instance, kick and snare. I programmed the hi-hat. Or there's a song I played snare and hat, and programmed the kick drum. Or, right. And I would kind of do a mixing thing, and you can never, you never know what's programmed, what's not.
0: Well, there's there's you know this Tom Petty records that are like that. Yeah. You know, from the late '80s. Oh my God! Early. Yeah,
1: I didn't uh, "Riding Down the Dream." That's programmed,
0: right? Uh, some of it is. Some of it's real. I I. What? Like, I, like I, and it's hard to. It's sometimes it's hard to tell. But I mean, there, there's, you know, it's like a acoustic snare drum with a, with a program hi hat. Yeah. You know, things like that. I mean, Prince was
1: another one who did that. Prince was just another half of his records. Like, well, he had Michael, like the tune "Get Off." That's just Michael and Sonny. And then what he got he programmed around it is just insane.
0: Yeah. It's it, it's. I think embracing some of that technology and knowing how it works. And arranging that, knowing how to arrange that, knowing how to program that, is another tool in our in our kit that we exactly.
1: And being, I'm I'm new to the whole programming thing. I'm not I'm not gonna say I'm a but you're not new to drumming. I'm not new to drumming, but I'm not some kind of wizard. So I'm learning Logic. I'm learning Ableton, and just trying to be always ready to. Huh? How about if I go? And I would just program something around that beat, you know. Mm -hmm. My go-to is when I do and I would just put on the four. Like Uh, on the two and four. That's my go-to funk program beat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There, There was a cool interview with Corey probably two years ago or three years ago. And he was talking about Minneapolis, the music scene being supported by the art community and uh, there being the symbiotic relationship between the art community and music. And I always felt that way about Columbus, Ohio, where I'm from. Yeah. Where.
1: Great town. Our show was there, sold out. It was awesome. Everybody was great. Super awesome.
0: Um, That's, I'm glad to hear. And, and, And it was when there would be an event a public event some sort of big community thing you saw your fellow artists musicians visual artists performing artists everything there was it was a close community but it wasn't a, it's not necessarily a music town i saw wonderful wonderful drummers struggling to make ends meet and it was kind of my motivation to come to nashville yeah where it is a music business town and I think that there are some parallels between those types of ways of making yeah. music and making a living and how we approach drumming as we consider making drumming a career totally. and how we want to spend our lives. I just wonder do you understand what I'm saying like yeah. how, what's your as a as a as someone that has big be- gone through a formal education part of their life in in a place like Minneapolis with an amazing amount of talent yeah in the scene but not a music business town now you're moving to Nashville which is a music business town it what's was, your what's your take on that all this yeah
1: it was um definitely still is a change and i go on tour like in two three days i'm back in Minneapolis getting ready for this trip for, to Australia but it has not hit me yet that I moved. I'll tell you what, it was one of the... I think it was harder for me to move from Minneapolis to Nashville than from Serbia to Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And Minneapolis, I, did, I don't, I want to get into it super, but I'm not playing the combo gig. I played on a record as well with Eric Leeds and Paul Peterson. Eric Leeds was Princess Saxler from right. 83 and played with D'Angelo mm-hmm. and someone... James Brown and whatnot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they formed a band called LP Music, Long Playing, or Leeds Peterson. And Prince would come to those gigs a lot. Yeah. He came to two or three our shows, and he had us play, play his record release party. Yeah. And he loved it. He was jamming. He was dancing. He was after Soundcheck was done. I'm playing with you guys tonight. <laughs> set my drums next to. I set my amp next to his hi hat. I'm just, no. Sure enough, he's on the side of the stage. Because mm-hmm. it's an instrumental funk band. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget, 2016, um, he came to Combo, to the Combo gig, to Bunkers, with Scotty Pukowski, I think was it, was Scotty Baldwin, who was his front of the house guy, slash someone right, left-hand manager, like, for a second, and... Scotty said, Prince wants you in his next record. He's doing a guitar record, mm. kind of guitar instrumental record. It's going to happen, I think, around May. Wow. He, he he left a note, and the note did say funky cross stick or something. And, and I could not keep the note, which was, I thought, like lame, but all right, whatever. <laughs> he had like notes all and everything, what happened. And I was like, yeah. A couple of times I got a text to do the session. Yeah. And. I was on my way, and then it got postponed. Yeah. But after that, I the last thing I heard was in May, he's tracking this record, and he wants you on it. This is... You're, you're the right guy for this record, and he died. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, in my head, I'm like, I know I, I did that thing, but I was wrecking, in my head, like, I was mind-blown that this happened to me, you know? Yeah. And... Thus far, 2016, um, he passed away. So not a lot of newcomers are coming through town. And another thing, McNally shut down. I don't want to get too deep into it, but Uh it was like that. Yeah. Just like that. Me and Kevin Gaston with the keyboard player were on the gig together. And we got the email at the same time. they are closing the school in seven days. Can you work the rest for free? Mm -hmm. And it was just really just like that. Hmm. that 800 students two state of the art studios gear amazing it was about to become nonprofit and I really don't want to talk about, much about it because I'm not fully aware what happened and they stay out of it but it's kind of I want to cuss but it's kind of messed up that it closed
0: yeah and you, you can say whatever you want on this <laughs>
1: <It's> a little <laughs> shitty all right <laughs> um No, it messed up Minneapolis. I really feel like it slowed down. I came to Minneapolis because a a lot of players came through that school. And it brought musicians, brought newcomers to the city. Mm -hmm. And there was stuff happening. And since it closed, I felt like there's a roof there, you know. And as a musician, I'm not being arrogant or cocky. I just feel like I reached the top. And Mm -hmm. if I want to go a little bit extra... Mm or hop on any other tour eventually in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm happy right now with Corey, but again, Corey has Wolfpack, Corey has Fielder's Flyers. Mm-hmm. Those bands tour, and I would like to maybe play with somebody else, you know? Yeah. And I want to definitely get into the session work, and I still, technology, internet, I, I'm still in contact with John. Right. If you need something, I'm setting up studio at home, and I would always, this is what you, if you need this, this is cool, and I mean, Minneapolis, Southwest direct flight, $50 ticket. Right. Right. I'm gonna fly anytime back. I'm just saying there's not much traffic music musicianship traffic going through Minneapolis anymore. Mm. and to me, that was do you wanna be comfortable? I can make a living as a drummer in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. but I don't want that to become a job job, you know, like being bo eventually get bored or. You're doing the same thing. I I'm taking a risk. I'm not gonna be like this summer, I do have work, but not necessarily much. Yeah. As I would like. Yeah. So I am taking a big risk. I'm moving here, new city, newcomer. I know it's I heard it's competitive. I know it's gonna be taking a lot of grinding and a lot of pushing and going to the right places. Mm -hmm. Meeting people and it's to me it's gonna reset button. Let's let's go from Yeah. Like but, but you're not married. I'm not married. You don't
0: have kids. I did
1: not have kids. I'm somewhat young, not extremely young. You are young. young. Yeah, you are
0: right? You have an opportunity. You have uh, the time to invest at this stage. and I think it's so important to the, the way you did moving here, yeah. right? the way you did in Minneapolis, to repeat that strategy here. And I think that you'll find... A lot of, of open arms, yeah, in a place like it. it is very, it is competitive, but the but the thing about I don't know someone may disagree with me, but my experience has been there is a lot of competition, and yet the opportunities are great, and we're going through a bit of a surge right now, yeah, where there are many opportunities. Um, and the drumming community is very welcoming, yeah. and um.
1: I, I, I realized that. So I went last night to um, a buddy of mine, Elliot Blafis, who also from Minneapolis, but he came here way longer than I did. Hey, man, there's a, there's a jam going on. Bourbon Street, come down, sit in. And everybody was like, oh, Bajar, yeah. Everybody was so welcoming. Oh, you'll start working. And, and it's, it's such a warm vibe. It's yeah, really warm Yeah. yeah. and friendly. And not saying the Minneapolis wasn't, but Minneapolis... Everybody wants it, and it seemed competitive. But every it's it's the opposite. It, mm-hmm. It's more with like cats like Michael, Gordy, Stokely Williams, who is another extraordinary drummer that I kind of picked up a lot, uh, and Barry Alexander. Those guys are super chill. Like let's hang. But there's cats who are not who are like, oh, I want the gig. You know, it's it's. Mm-hmm. I sense that there's a difference. But the energy in Minneapolis just. There's the Minneapolis pocket, you know, that's just there, and it's hard and just, mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. and I feel like that's like the drumming communities, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard. While here, I'm just saying there's no pocket here. I'm just the Nashville, it's soft and warm and delicate, yeah. somewhat. Yeah, and it's right. You see the community being like it's right. delicate, and there's a lot of work, and everybody needs a sub. I think that's how I felt it at least. Yeah, yeah. My visit, vi- my visits prior here when i met other other cats and other drummers you know
0: right and, and and it's interesting because there's there's drummers and musicians from all over the country that bring an element of their influence yes. here so whether it's like you know somebody that grew up in dc that has yeah. this certain type of feel or somebody or the the memphis pocket yeah. that they introduce so it's 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 interesting that i don't know if there's necessarily they, a nashville yeah. sound but there is a mix of yeah all the these da-
1: diversity of the people, yeah, he-
0: and and you will you will find that people will really want what you do, and well, I, and I say you, I mean the royal you, like a- any of us, that um, you will get hired or not hired for what you do for what you do best and your sound, and almost like Prince said, you're the gonna be you're the guy for this record. I want, you know, this is the sound, and I think. But I think that your ability to be a chameleon will serve.
1: yeah well very, So you. Well. I mean, our mission in, in the end is to serve the song and do the do the right thing. you know, like you said in studio sounds, I, my tip for any what, how I approach studio sessions always be ahead of everyone. You know, be be our drummers. We take the most to set up if you're doing a, if it's the studio kit or our kit, but I always come with three snare options full bag of cymbals, <laughs> multiple sticks, like just in case. Yeah. You never know. I pedal, I bring a kick pedal with four different beaters. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. cool. I have to, of course, the Zorro Cube, the fluffy, the plastic one, the, whatever the song needs. I, the old school, just every, I'm open to anything, any suggestion, percussion. I bring some perk toys.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And to me, it's just, what do you need? i'm in the session i'll give you depends what the rate is what, the, what i'm hired for what the budget is but usually it's until you're happy with the take i give you a perk pass i play percussion a lot as well uh, so right. i got some skill in that so if you need a conga take if you need sure whatever you need i'm here for so sure and always be ready i mean know the song no and i've been in sessions where as a kid younger i, I definitely botched some nobody's perfect there was times I was late or I, I, you learn, you learn the hard way, you know, you learn on your own mistakes. I was like to rehearsal. I, you know, it's, you learn, but you always just know your mistakes. Never try not to repeat them. You know,
0: it's interesting. A, a couple of weeks ago, I was on a session and I, it was the, the day two and we were going to start a little bit early and it was, it was rush hour.
1: That,
0: and Nashville has been getting insane with That's the traffic I and and uh, you know I, I took an alternate route and there was a car accident and they blocked off the road I mean I was I was a half an hour late but and I... everyone was with... now during that time I was texting and say this is happening and the, the the engineer running the sessions is take your time we're fine we've got things going on and I felt awful. Everybody yeah. was was cool and forgiving, but I can tell you, just keeping them up to date yeah. was just the peace of mind that it gave me while I was in the car driving, and it gave them peace of mind that totally.
1: we'll get it. We'll, we're 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 fine. Yeah, I mean, Russia Minneapolis is insane too. I will never forget this because I just finally got over it. <laughs> you can you can tell. I know we met for the first time, but. <laughs> I am. I talk fast. I'm, I'm hyper. I'm full of energy. You are. <laughs> I was driving to a rehearsal to play. I got the gig in town to play with David Garfield, keyboard player. He, played with everyone. He's George Benson's MD currently. Jeez. And he was in town. Hired me through Michael, of course. Michael, you no, know, this is the guy you should hire. Rehearsals. Paul Peterson's playing bass. Ricky Peterson's on the gig. Like all heavy cats. All heavy. Hitters and I'm driving 394 rush hour. You cannot move, you, I'm stopped. And I'm, I have 20 minutes to go, and it says I'll be 20 minutes late. <sighs> I'm texting the guys, and I got Minneapolis. I'm running late, and everybody's like, All right, man. And I can s- screw it. Boop, carpool lane. Yeah, nobody with me, just me. Just I'm blazing.
0: Yeah, woo, 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 woo. oh no,
1: cop, of course, pulled me over. Hello, officer. I know. I know all of it. I'm sorry. I'm late to this and it's really important. If you can forgive me, I, that would be amazing if you can No. Nope. $300 ticket. Oh, my gosh. He charged me for two offenses, which I was mad. I had to go to court for that because I, didn't, I, I was only in the carpool lane. I was not switching off lanes. Yeah. Be careful, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I was on the gig on time and I took the paycheck and, of course, my insurance went Sky high oh, in Minneapolis, Jeez. but it's all good. Time passed. I, I still, I don't care. I need to be on time. Yeah, I think it's important. I, I think. And I freak out. I'm a yeah. freak. I freak out. Like I'm like, No, oh, just, just don't get in the accident. That's my thing. Just don't get in the accident. Just right. pay attention. Right. But whatever you have to do, just be there. Right. We had a band together, Corey, myself, Kevin, and Johannes called Four in Motion, where mm-hmm. we wrote the music together. It was like a together thing. And this is a different animal. Corey's the leader. Yeah. And it's, in the beginning, it was a little tough, at least on myself. I don't know the other guys, but for me, Corey's my, kind of like, he's the boss man. And we, me and Corey have a relationship. We're na- we were neighbors we're like two brothers. He's like my older brother and we treat each other like that and it's just approaching the gig now. It's like we are still brothers and we're still family. Yeah. But knowing how to split that away from work, you know?
0: Right. He's still lead. It's, it's his thing. It's, it's name. his thing.
1: He's in front. It's try not to, oh, I'm going to just do a thing here and just whatever, you know? You cannot do the thing here on the drums. Mm-hmm. It's now my mission is because we were in so many gigs that we were going to do that, you know, just, oh, our soul like, I'm just going to do that. You know, just, and just knowing how to now, not accept it, just approach it. I'm here now to, te- technically the verb would be serve him and I'm trying to make him mm-hmm. sound the best he can. Yeah. Right. And the great thing about it is since it's a family thing, it's so relaxed. If you're not happy with something or you don't think something's right, mm-hmm. it's just telling, "Hey, dude, I don't think that part is really good." There, you know, I feel like we need to either speed up. I don't feel it if the tempo's right here. And of course, like I, I agree with you or disagree with you, but it's such a family band. Mm-hmm. It's, and I, I know you hear it from every. We are a family, mm-hmm. but this is legitimately four brothers on the road. And of course, there's always times that we will be like, not sick of each other, but just kind of read the room. I am, I have a hard time with that, reading the room because that's a new thing to me and I'm always, I'm always hyper. After the gig is done, I'm like, whoa, that was slamming, guys. And then they're like, I want to chill, man. I'm
0: like, right, right.
1: no, man, that was such a show. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. And we, we learn from that, you know, from each other. We learn a lot. And we help each other definitely grow and support each other. When none of us have a moment, all guys are fixed on the guy who's having mm-hmm. the moment. Mm-hmm. And we're super into it. And we're super positively critiquing it and positively supporting like, oh, yes, you're doing it. Yeah, dude, just keep doing it. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. That's it. Or when, I'm, when the tour started, I have a drum moment. And... I did a, one thing with the cowbell and it lasts for a measure and Queer was sick and that's the show dude whatever you did that thing with the cowbell the groove thing build on it you gotta build on it it's really dope I was mind blown and mm-hmm. I cannot believe you just did it for like two bars just keep doing it and of course came the solo that I'm kind of doing this thing on the like cowbell now Yeah. and again it's thanks to Corey and thanks to those guys listening to me and we pay attention to each other what we are doing and trying to support each other and kind of, if you hear something, man, that's sick. Please do that again and <laughs> build on it. That's awesome. So that's, I think that's where the band is really amazing. So there's some improvisation,
0: there's some jamming, but there's it's not, not in a jam band sort of way. Not but,
1: in a jam band sort of way, but but It's organized jamming. Okay. It's, the only thing that would be jammed on would be a solo if, oh, Kevin's in the zone now. Do not, don't call, just keep, keep it going. Gotcha. But the, every song is a form and it's formed uh-huh. and yeah, gotcha. If we, it's funny because we, we, there's a documentary on Netflix, uh, Mr. Dynamite, James Brown documentary. Yeah, and Jane, James Brown was the notorious band leader. Yeah. you mess up, he would raise like five. That means ten dollars off the paycheck. Or <laughs> right. there there's one scene where he says, "Tighten up, Clyde." And does that, and every time either I or whoever we messed up, right, exactly. We with on stage. just tighten up, Clyde. <laughs> while we were playing, and we are laughing because we, we do sometimes. We're human. We, mm-hmm. we sometimes oh there was a hit there. Why did I put? Why did I play on one and not push the up?
0: Yeah.
1: And of course, like tighten up, Clyde. That's of awesome. course, he didn't dock us, but <laughs> right. It's funny, you know. That's it's great. funny. We when we take the when we take the bandstand, it's just different. It's like. All right, make sure you don't mess up, because somebody's gonna make—he's gonna call you out right. on stage. But in a fun
0: way, in a fun but, way. But yeah, still, yeah, sure. you just
1: kind of wanna do it. Right. It's always good. It's like kind of so shit talking, just musically, just playing, you just have the grin. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it? <laughs> Is that where you're going, my friend? That's it's awesome. funny. It's funny. That's, that's
0: Soloing ideas, like I know there's there's opportunities to solo, but. Are you
1: drawing from the song? Or are you drawing from a groove? depends on the tune. Yeah. Um, there's a tune called Sidestep in the set that's open drum solo. And I always... Sometimes I approach soloing as driving a manual car, but I don't drive a manual car. It, I don't even know how to drive it. <laughs> I did learn it when I was 15, and I gotcha. never had to drive it again. Uh-huh. Um, but I see it as shifting gears. You start from one... And you go all the way up to five or six, whatever you got in yourself. Mm-hmm. So that if, if that's just fully breaking it down, like, so the tune is, boom, boom, complete silence for like a second. And I if I'm going to go in the rims or I'm going to go on cymbals or try to build it up and all these patterns, I groove patterns. That's, that's my selection. There is always speed. I've, watch a crap ton of Dennis Chambers and a crap ton of Billy Cobb and mm-hmm. always get my mind blown. So I steal ideas from other people. Another one that I like is Omar Hakim's playing
0: mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. is
1: insane Yeah, when it comes to soloing. There's a couple of... It's really rare to see Michael solo, but he sent me his his own material of stuff and it's just insane as well. And all of those guys, when they see it, it's always like like changing gears. They're always... Building from an idea to another idea to another idea to, to, and all this. I mean, what people want to hear shred fast. Mm-hmm. So, I have like two or three tricks that I kind of finish playing, kind of building it up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or, I would just, my one of, one of my favorite videos is the modern drummer. I forgot it was the 2005 or six when Chad Smith did it. And for is like, all these drummers are just insane. And then Chad Smith, was like the last one, just. For five minutes. That was it. And like that is dope. That yeah. is like right. sick. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes there's a couple of souls that we just finish on just always keep the grid uh-huh. and kind of try to build off that and yeah. then you know. Oh there's some great stuff,
0: great videos of you stopping and then coming back on too or you know, doing some stuff like that. Yeah, keep But it's the time is stays there, but there's these you're introducing space yeah. for the tension.
1: We are all entertainers. And there's yeah. a crowd full of musos that are just...
0: Musos. That
1: mm-hmm. are just there. You know, they're listening. Uh-huh. It's not when you're soloing or somebody else is soloing. That's noise. or they're. It's literally when they say silence, just the whole room just... Mm-hmm. Just like that. Just complete silence. Mm-hmm. And they're all paying attention.
0: Oh, there's eyes on you, man. I don't see a cell phone... No one's looking at their phone. It's, at
1: it's a, even when Corey's doing the thing, everybody's just, woo, or they're like just all in it. So yeah. that's same thing approaching. When when you solo, I approached, I'm here to Gordy had a great, a great, um, I don't know what the proper English term is. Example, how he explained soloing or playing it's you have the audience and you grab a like magicians are trying to hypnotize you grab a clock and mm-hmm. that's you just grab one thing and all of a sudden pop, pop, you did the thing and everybody just kind of did that so sometimes I will just go just and they're like oh it's the suspension they're like what just happened the clock stopped what like you know just that's another cool like way of seeing it but just seeing the audience having them participate kinda of, some kind of way as yeah, well yeah Is cool yeah
0: i'm nodding i'm nodding because i i love it because I, yeah i'm the worst and just having these ideas it's like it's just of course of course
1: <laughs> it just makes so much sense it's 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 weird man it's it's not i'm not coming up with anything new it's been around for so mm-hmm. much and you see new yeah. players that are outstanding mm-hmm. and but i might definitely go to his old school i just love i think what it is though is 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 for okay so for
0: me personally it's it's inter- it's reminding you of these elements of soloing and creating tension and that whole thing that gordy's talking about that can be done right now that can be yeah. put to practice right now. Not some crazy six-tuplet thing, backwards, backwards, or just thing that takes years to develop that it's like, man, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do this next time somebody randomly calls for a solo, but having this idea, that's that's something yeah. now.
1: Yeah, exa- I mean, depends on the gig. There, there's been gigs I've never had to solo, and mm. that's where I'm like engaging full on, meat and potatoes two and four whatever you want to call it serve the song yeah. serve the artist yeah. provide provide um, that, that that ride through the mm-hmm. gig that's comfortable mm-hmm. for them that they're yeah. Yeah. relaxed so it's always good to have these hats you know if if they say oh give the drummer some you know exactly what you need to do yeah. that, but if they don't it's totally fine I know exactly what to do at the same time too I'm not here to impress anyone except the guy who hired me yeah, exactly. and the audience. Yeah. With the souling thing, tell a story. Yeah. You heard that term anytime. Just tell a story, keep them engaged, yeah. Yeah. and not like, oh, he's doing what everybody else is doing, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. it just sex like, like, like sextuplet thing just going on and on, and mm-hmm. there's no intensity. Everybody can play, I mean, not everybody can play fast, but not necessarily if you can play fast, that means you have to play fast. But you said something. You said
0: that we are entertainers. Yeah, and that alone—that's subs-
1: art. Yeah. It's imagine if somebody's painting in front of you, and you're looking what he's doing. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I see music as well. We are creating something in front
0: of—it's art in real time. In
1: real time, in front of people, and they're just witnessing witnessing it happen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yes, you're not in that right head space. The mm-hmm. band's not in the right head space. Yeah, but. I always see it that like that it's art there's no different me mu- i mean music and art to me are the same you know
0: yeah you are young and looking ahead do you see a plan in front of you that you want to adhere to or i mean you're you're doing things with intent yeah by moving to nashville but is there a long-term plan
1: for five, ten, twenty years? To be honest, not, not really. I don't have anything to lie about. I, I kind of live off day by day. I re- really want to boost up my session work eventually to be, you know, amazing. Like mm-hmm. I really look up to cats like Aaron Sterling, mm-hmm. who is insane. Yeah, uh, like Michael, or just to be. I love playing live. I love touring live, but. Once you reach a certain age, although hats off to Gordy who is still playing with Steve Miller <laughs> and is sixty-three or four, but and it's still he sounds like the twenty-year-old drummer. Like, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Uh, so, my goal, my long-term goal, is to keep doing it until I can't. I guess that's until I physically physically can't. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love. I got into production thanks to John two, three years ago. So I am I'm slowly opening the door to that, to becoming like not just a drummer, a guy who can also have a great input in production as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And I feel like just building a home I'm building this home studio thing and just wanna make sure I have every sound, everything at the disposal and just learning more.
0: Right, right. There's always more to learn.
1: Always more to learn. There's, it's, it's, a never, it's a never ending book. It and as really soon as is. you figure some
0: one thing out, it, there, it, then, it, then it the trend change.
1: <laughs> it keeps going on. It, you will never, I know for, even when I'm like, I got it, this is it, I mastered it. Nope, you did not. There's, <laughs> something will come up, nope, you keep going. Or it. you master it and somebody goes,
0: hey, nobody's doing that anymore. <laughs> Damn
1: it. Even I, I'll tell you what, even if they're not doing it anymore, it will come back. Right, right. Some right. of things come back. It does, right? It's getting more retro and retro now. Now we're like, I feel like the music going back into the '70s disco mm-hmm. sound vibe. You know, there is always the EDM like pop world, but the sound wise, some bands are like fully s- chill, man, like dry and sound, and mm-hmm. it's it's always goes back to something, man. Like compare pop from 2005 to now, how much? The newer pop went back to the 80s approach. You know, yeah. how yeah. much the 80s are influencing today's right. music. It's insane. I mean... Style. Style. style sounds. Of,
0: style of uh, other things outside of music. It, there's retro. There's... It's insane.
1: Even including fashion. I know. Yeah. It's, it, it comes back. It, it keeps, like, circulating. And even haircuts. Everything... <laughs> In 20 years, you'll see, like, oh, look at that dude wearing that jacket or whatever. Like, that old...
0: Members-only jacket.
1: It, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's just, it keeps coming back. So it's never, I never lose hope to be like, oh, I mastered it, I'm never going to use it again. Or, like, this style is not going to, oh, it'll come back. Yeah, It will surprise you, man. I I'm, can't wait for that era to just pull on. I don't know if it's going to happen, but just the old Coltrane-Miles Davis era where Music is going to be that again.
0: <laughs> we can only hope.
1: Yeah, just straight up jazz.
0: Yeah, just, we can only hope. This seems like a silly question, but just to kind of wrap things up. Yeah. I know Patar is how you say your first name. How do you say your last name?
1: Janic. You yawn and you itch. Janic. That's, the, Janic. that's my best way to describe it. The easiest. That's good. Janic, yeah.
0: Patar Janic. So when people see your name and they s- become more familiar with who you are there, we can say it yeah. the right way.
1: Man Marianne, I will never even forget first time in school, they're announcing all the students, and this lady teacher, Lori Dawkins, is looking at the paper. Jeffrey Connor, Alex Keel, Joseph Steele p- 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 <laughs> Peter Jansen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quiet. I'm like, huh? it's like AA. A. Peter Jansen? <laughs> kind of like AA Ron, like <laughs> Balake or Balake. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I think that's me, but it's Petar Janic. But it's okay, I guess. It's okay. As long as I mean, I don't mind against anything about name, name against name Peter, but just just I don't see, look, I look I don't look like a Peter. And there's that A there, so kinda it's hard. Call, people call me P Mm-hmm. Petter. <laughs> I got every And I don't
0: care what you I always say, I don't care what you call me, just call me.
1: I order coffee. Everybody asks me like name, I say PJ. There you go. It's easiest PJ. And then it's for P it's food, coffee, whatever it is. I say I, Max. I,
0: is Every time I say my full name, everyone says Max. So I said, yeah, sure. Whatever, sure. Max. I'm, I'm changing my name to Max. Yeah.
1: The easiest. <laughs> I mean, Corey, easy. Steve, easy. Kevin, easy. Everything's e- I know. And PJ. He's PJ.
0: PJ. One last uh, shout out. Thanks to Christian Collins for connecting us. Man, what a us.
1: genius. I need... Christian, I know you, if you listen to this at the end, man, I owe you a phone call. And I'm really sorry I've not reached out yet, but... Yeah, Christian, what a genius, man. Any patch you ever wanted to hear, he mm-hmm. has it. Yeah. Any drum loop, he has it. Yeah. And we met like this. So fast, doing one gig in Minneapolis. It was Song Division. And like, hey, I'm Christian, i Patar. They were playing together and like, you play with Corey Wong. I'm like, wait, you're the guy that makes the patches. Christian Cullen, right? Immediately, you know, you want to go to John Field, the studio, because we had to like, four hours off and yeah. grab food yeah. we went. we met with Matt Fink Dr. Fink from the revolution mm. and they took took him immediately let's go to John's studio and he's like immediately on the computer getting patches and I'm like this is he's insane yeah he's such a genius and what a great player too
0: just a uh, overall man it's just, it just it's just so fascinating just to see how people work yeah within this business and it just seems small world it, it seems so overwhelming But when you dig deep, you find the humanity and the beauty of it, and we're all in it together. And it's just—you just need to be open, yeah. And and good things will come, you know, for sure. Well, Man, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me to meet you, not Max,
1: Matt. Coffee shops, remember, it's Matt. (laughs) Hey, really appreciate it, man. Thanks, Patar. Thank you so much. This was gas.
0: Awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I know he's been mentioned a couple times during this interview, but a big shout out to Christian Cullen for connecting Pitar and me. Uh, not only is he uh, has a fascinating story and is a wonderful drummer, but it has been a delight to get to know Patar and to check out his playing uh, with Corey Wong. There are YouTube clips. There's lots of stuff that's been happening with him the last year with Corey that is easy to access and I encourage you to check that out. He has a lot of uh, spirit and energy in his playing. It's it's just it's very encouraging uh, to see somebody like this really dig in and be excited about music and it, it, it's just it's very infectious. He's also just a sweetheart of a guy and it's been it's been great to get to know him. So check him out. Stay tuned next week for Zach Albetta's interview. Once again, this episode is sponsored by Shure Microphones. Check out Drum Mastery 2019, the Shure Drum Contest. Apply online, drum-mastery.shure.com, and uh, check out and see what that is all about. But again, we thank you for participating in this podcast by listening and commenting and subscribing. and We hope to see you around. Bye-bye.